ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Psy Effect, a show that deals with hot topics from all directions. And now, introducing the funny, the talented, the charismatic, the captivating, the woman who tells it like it is, your host, I am Psy. everyone, welcome to another edition of the SciFX Radio Show. I am your host, Sai. I want to thank you for joining me today. I know you could have been anywhere in the universe, but you chose to hang out with me. And for that, I appreciate you. Today's special guest is film and television icon and Emmy Award winning actor, Eric Braden. In two decades of playing the magnetic, urbane, and overwhelming charming Victor Newman on The Young and the Restless, Eric has become daytime's most recognizable heroes. In my part one of two interviews, Mr. Brayton will discuss an array of topics, so stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back with Mr. Eric Brayton right after this. What up, y'all? It's comedian Randy Perry, and you listen to the radio show. Radio show. You off the chain, baby. Tune in to the Effect Radio Show every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for your hot topics, hot interviews, and hot music. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Effect Radio Show. See you there. Welcome, Mr. Eric Braden, to the Psy Effect Radio Show. Hello, Psy. Hi, Mr. Braden. How are you? How do you do? All right. I'm wonderful, thank you. I want to thank you and also say that it's a pleasure, it's an absolute pleasure to have the opportunity to speak with you, and welcome to the Psy Effect Radio Show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, I've been watching you on YNR since I was eight years old, thanks to my well, mom. I'm now 41. I, I, was, I, was, I was 12 when I started. What? <laughs> I have to say that I'm still a fan, Mr. Brayton. I would like to know, when you're out and about, how often people greet you as, Hi, Mr. Newman. Uh, yeah, but most people know the difference. You know, they'll, they'll maybe they'll say, "Oh, um, you know, that's Vic," and then no, no, excuse me, Mr. Braden. Bah, bah, bah. Anyway, it's it's all very nice. Whatever it is, yeah. it's very nice. When did your love for acting occur? How did you get started? So long ago, I don't remember. <laughs> no, it 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 um, a long time ago, obviously, and in the sixties. You know, I did a series called The Rap Patrol, and then I worked on Combat, and did all kinds of Hawaii Five O and FBI mm-hmm. and Mission Impossible, and did all those things. Okay. Was there ever um, a, a, a specific event that happened in your life where you said, "Okay, I think I'm going to pursue this acting thing"? Um, no, it was really sort of a. Um, Yes and no. In other words, I, I played with the idea before for a while here and there, and uh, when you 
Rob, as I did, and I think a lot of people who go into our business and who are creative artists generally are uh, have a lot of anger in them about things that happen in their childhood. I think. And, uh, if you scratch the surface a little, you'll find that out. So um, I had played with the idea because I'd seen certain plays and certain films where you know you begin to obviously dream about doing something that gets you out of the malaise that you're in. So, right. Um, yeah, I, I can't deny that I had thought about it before, but never really seriously. And then uh, once I got my first paycheck, I said, hmm, <laughs> I think I'm going to do this. That's but the then motivation. I, uh, then, well, not only that, though. I really enjoyed it, I must say. I've always, uh, that is disingen- disingenuous what I said. I've yeah. always enjoyed acting very much from the first moment. And that's, now, with so many soap operas, soap operas now canceled, how does Y&R defeat the odds of staying relevant? Well, in the end, one doesn't know that. Uh, I think it's a combination of, and I'm not saying the other shows didn't have that. I am not, wasn't that fully aware of the other shows. Mm-hmm. Because one just doesn't have time to watch it all. Right. Um, but in our case, I think it has... Uh, a lot to do with the writing, mostly the writing, and then the acting. You know, we have some very good actors on the show. Absolutely we really do, agree. I must say. Yes, and, you guys do. Um, yeah, I must say. It's, it's, uh, I'm blessed to be working with so many good actors. But it's, it's the writing, really. Okay. That was the next question. Do you think the creator of Y&R, William Bell, would have been pleased with the direction of the show? has taken since his passing? Well, I know that when he was still around, but he had retired, he was very angry at the direction the show had taken. And I forget who was at the helm then. Um, But I'm sure that meanwhile, he would have been happy with um, some of the other writers who were at the helm. Um, Yeah, I think it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as, as passionate as he was about this show, the man came to work at four in the morning sometimes mm. and uh, never took a vacation. Uh, the show was his life. Yeah. So I don't think anything would have been totally satisfactory to him. But who knows? I, I, I can't say that. I don't know. Do I have many fans of Y&R, and many of them wanted me to ask this question when I advised everyone on Facebook and Twitter that I'll be interviewing you. And a lot of them wanted to know, um, do, you, do you have any similarities to your character, Victor Newman? Yeah, I've heard that question before uh, a few times, and that is kind of difficult to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would have insisted on a better relationship with my children, you know, I, Eric Brayton. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not have liked that kind of a conflicted relationship that he has with his kids. Um, I personally am not that, you know, um, maniacally interested in business as mm-hmm. a human is. Um, but then there are certain similarities as well. I mean, it's it's uh, loyalty means a lot to me. Um, uh, the love of those I'm close to means a hell of a lot to me. And um, yet at the same time, um, 
Victor Newman basically is a kind of a loner. You know, he grew up in an orphanage, and uh, I grew up under very tough circumstances. Mm-hmm. We were bombed every day, and then right. after was growing, growing up in the rubble of the city I was born in was 96% destroyed. And uh, so you grew up in, with a lot of hardship, and you learned to, my father died early on, so you learned to fight for yourself. So in yeah. that regard, I, I can draw from a lot of emotional experience, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, in the end, you um, you rely on yourself. We all do, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think some people more than others. And, um, yeah, very fond, obviously, of my grandkids, very fond. Uh, <laughs> I've always respected my son enormously. Um, I have good friends, a few, but very good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a very supportive wife, and and uh, um, yeah, yeah. You always draw. You always draw from your. Own. It's a very good question, and it's very. It's not that easy to answer. Yeah, I know. Because I know. obviously, I draw from my own experience. Acting is a is a strange process, in mm-hmm. that regard. You know, right. Uh, an actor also has the ability to to sometimes do something that he has had no life experience with by just being able to put yourself into someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. So um, um, I think actors basically have to have the ability to to um, feel what others feel. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you need you need empathy as an actor, I think, mm-hmm. to be able to put yourself into the shoes of others. Does that make any sense? That makes a lot of sense, and you answered that question beautifully. Thank you for expanding on it. I do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. You mentioned um, having a tough time growing up. If I'm not mistaken, you're originally from Germany, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you visit often, go back home? I have have, uh, all my family there, and uh, so I go back. I used to go back every two or three years. Um, yeah, average about every two or three years, I think. So okay. I yeah. But you unfortunately, always for very short visits. Okay, okay. Maybe. Now, how about your kids? Your son, um, has he followed in Dad's footsteps? My son is a screenwriter. Oh, writes uh, scripts. Okay. So, uh, and a very good one. You've mm-hmm. been in many great films. You were actually in one of my all-time favorite film, um, Titanic. Do you have any plans to pursue, to pursue, excuse me, more film roles outside of Y&R? Well, the difficulty is is that it is not easy to get out of what we do. In other words, when you uh, films are often cast within a matter of two weeks, mm-hmm. and that doesn't give them here enough time to prepare. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? In other words, if I if I told them three four months ahead of time that I will be gone in the spring or whatever to do mm-hmm. a film for a month, that's a different story than they can plan. But to suddenly confront them and say, "Look, in two weeks I'm going to be gone for four weeks," um, that is just unfair to the writers. I have too yeah. much respect for the show that I'm doing, and too much respect for the writers. And um, no, I. Therefore, it's difficult. It's it's. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you do something like this, you um, obviously miss out on some things. But all in all, I have enjoyed doing this role very much. The only way I would do films is what I did a few years ago. 
I organized a film called The Man Who Came Back um, mm -hmm. with George Kennedy and um, Ahmed Asante and Billy Zane and Sean Young and um, I was in it. But I put the whole thing together. And mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But then the difficulty you have later is with distribution. Uh, distribution companies are um, basically crooks. And mm. uh, once once you sign on the dotted line, they have you by the cojones. Wow. And um, um, that, I think, is a killer of independent filmmakers, are uh, the distribution companies. And because you, once you sign uh, their contract, you no longer have any control over the film. None. I never knew that. Uh, yeah, none, none whatsoever. Otherwise, you'd see many more films. It's a very difficult thing to do. And it's very disheartening to work hard on a film and with very good actors on it. And then you come upon some distribution company and, and they are less than disappointing. Wow, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I, I may plan something else. We'll see. But it ain't easy. Okay. I know it ain't. I know it ain't. And I'm going to check out The Man Who Came Back. I'm definitely going to check that out. I think you'd like it. It's about I'm the sure second I will. half. About the second half of the uh, 19th century in, in in the South during Reconstruction. It's, nice. Um, yeah, based on a labor strike that occurred in the 1870s in Thibodeauville, uh, Louisiana, where plantation workers and railroad workers got together and they struck for higher wages, and they were mowed down by Gatlin machine guns, and that was the end of striking in the South for a long time. The film is somewhat about that. Okay, okay. We'll definitely have to check that out. Regarding the elections, I see that you're very vocal on Twitter. Now that the presidential debates are over, what changes would you like to see during the next four years? Well, look, let's, let's all stop doing wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. As long as you have a Congress that works in opposition to the president, be it Republican or Democrat, it's making a difference. Mm -hmm. As long as they don't work together, as long as they can't make deals together, nothing will get done. It doesn't make a difference who's president. The, president, the presidential power is overrated as far as I'm concerned. He has mm -hmm. enormous powers when it comes to foreign policy and declaration of wars, etc. But when it comes to domestic policies, to the raising and lowering of taxes, etc., he doesn't have much power. And without, without the cooperation of Congress... Uh, almost nothing gets done. So when you have someone in Congress who, one of the leaders who says at the very beginning of Obama's administration that we'll do everything in our power to make sure this is a one-term president, well, then there's something dreadfully wrong in our country. And when you no longer have a willingness to cooperate and reach across the aisle and say, you know, let's try to solve this problem together, when you get bogged down in ideology, Ideology is, look, I come from a continent in Europe, and most Americans originally do too, uh, where we have had the worst ideologies prevail, and they brought us nothing but heartache. Okay? In other words, mm -hmm. once you have people who are ideologically so um, um, anchored um, or blinded that they're not willing to compromise with the other side, uh, nothing gets done. And I think we need... Unfortunately, we don't have that. I think if you come through one party or the other, uh, you're bound to do what the party wants you to do. And they're mm -hmm. in a power struggle, in a perennial power struggle. 
Right. So that's why I was always for independence. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I have a friend, Jesse Ventura, who I've always admired, not agreed with everything he said, but I admired him. Mm-hmm. And, and he tried desperately to solve problems along nonpartisan lines. That's what we need. But good luck with that. I so hopefully, agree. Uh, we will have a shift in, in the membership of Congress to the point where we get people in who are willing to compromise. Well, it's definitely going to be an interesting election, to say the least. Yes, it is. And uh, I just, out of out of fairness, want to give Obama a, a second term. And um, it's it's hopefully then um, he'll be able to uh, get through some of his some of his ideas, you know. But he certainly mm-hmm. has done a hell of a job, as far as I'm concerned, in foreign policy and. Um, uh, I'm not saying that Romney is a bad guy, right? Uh, and I don't think Romney would necessarily. I don't think it'd be. He would not. I don't think be extreme right wing. I don't think he would be. I think he tends toward the middle. Um, mm-hmm. But we need people who are willing to compromise and look Correct. each other in the eye and shake hands and okay, let's let's solve this problem. Exactly. Because we have enormous problems. We sure do. We sure yeah. do. Now. But this has come a long, long, long way. Amen. I remember coming here in 1960, 1959. We have come a long, long way. Don't ever forget that. So and when I people say never... nothing about changes, no, people do change. Things do mm-hmm. change. With um, many actors that have pursued politics after they've completed their acting careers, um, would you follow in their footsteps and get nope. into politics? No. Nope. That's nope. a clear no, no, ah, uh, no. no. I mean, there's some, there's some people who who even uh, question whether actors should say something about about their views, their political views. But mm-hmm. why the hell shouldn't we? I mean, I'd have to be deaf and dumb not to be interested in what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm intensely interested in what's going on in the world. Because Absolutely. I grew up in a country where people didn't watch out carefully enough. And look what yeah, happened in Germany. They believed in the bullshit that Hitler told them for, for a long time for the first five or six years after he took over. They believed in the nonsense he told them. And look where that led us to. To the biggest disaster the country ever ever suffered. You know, I I admire the fact that you are not afraid to express how you feel regarding Mm -hmm. politics. There are a lot of people within the entertainment world that they shun Mm -hmm. away from that question because they're afraid that they're going to lose fans. Well, because you're going to offend some people, but the point is that I'm not, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. what I, what I um, claim or say is is um, the truth. Far from it. But I certainly would like to give this president another chance to do what he wants to do. And um, I, I like most people, I think, tend towards the middle. But I also think that there are ways we can solve our problems. If there's willingness on both sides, mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. I, you know, when, if if you you can't, I, for example, admired Eisenhower a great deal. I admired Nixon was a peculiar man, partly, but he was a very bright man. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he did, for example, with China, is very smart. And what Reagan, what Reagan did with the Soviet Union, was extraordinarily um, helpful to preventing a third world war. Mm-hmm. If Ronald Reagan and Gorbachev had not gotten together, we all, you and I, probably wouldn't be talking today. 
That might have been the Third World War. So did I agree Crazy. with Ronald Reagan's domestic policies? Not necessarily. But as far as his foreign policy, policy was concerned, I think he and Gorbachev are two of the most important men in the second half of the 20th century. So you can't, in other words, if I were either Republican or Democrat, I would not see the positive sides of someone who comes from the other party. But I do, always have. You have to just look at it analytically and carefully and say, you know, what he is proposing, that that's a good idea. And that's not a good idea. And that is my part one interview with Mr. Eric Braden. Please tune in for part two next week. And also tune in on Wednesday for the Artist of the Week and Thursday for my interview with author, host, journalist, Mr. Peter Bailey. Until then, continue to spread peace and love. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, the Psy Effect fan page. Also, I am Psy on Twitter. So tune in next time on the Psy Effect.